in Christ. And um, I've been anticipating this opportunity to praise the Lord. I'm excited about the day's message, so if I get a little bit off course, I hope you'll just go along with me. Can I get an amen? amen? And I know I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. It's good to get excited about who Jesus Christ is. I was asked this morning from a few people, what am I going to preach on? I'm actually preaching on number one, which you can see on your screen. But I want to add to that. I'm going to try to be clear. I'm preaching on the one who is, who was, and who's coming. And you're going to see that in your sermon. And I dubbed my sermon another thing from the Word of God. I could have just as well said to that person and persons who asked me, what am I preaching on? I'm preaching on the unsearchable riches of Christ. The one who said, I am the way. He didn't say, we're still on the first screen. He didn't say, I am a way. I am a truth. According to my so-called Bible knowledge, when an author of the scripture wishes to emphasize an A from a the, they use the to emphasize the person. So what are you talking about, Pastor Brooke, Bruce? I am not a way. I am not a truth. I am not a way. I indeed am the way. Can I get an amen? Amen. I think I better proceed because I can sense getting off course. So in our last meeting three weeks ago, you and I hopefully recovered, recalled the two letters H and A. That H stands for honor. Jesus himself said, Honor the Son, even as we honor the Father. If that's not putting him on equality with his Father, along with other scriptures, you want to look at that? That's in John 5.23. But that's not our subject. The A stands for attribute, something else only God has. And you're going to see this in your scripture. Again, he said... Attribute stands for eternal, meaning something about Jesus is eternal. And you're going to see that in your scriptures again when he said, before Abraham was, what else did he say? I am. He existed before Abraham. Not only did he exist before Abraham, He created, according to Colossians chapter 1, he, now I hope you get this before I go on, 
No, I'm not going to point to it. He created time itself. He's the eternal son of God. And I'm just going to throw this in there. He's the one who died for my sins. Mohammed didn't do it. Buddha didn't do it. Confucius didn't do it. The eternal, I want to repeat that. None of those beings, they're all human. They were created. But the uncreated son of the living God died personally for my sins. And if you trusted him, I, I didn't phrase that correctly. He died for your sins. Can I get an amen? amen? So I guess I'll go. And that's another thing. Someone said hallelujah. If you feel like shouting this morning, go ahead and shout. If you feel like praising the Lord, don't be ashamed. Praise the Lord. Don't even look at other people. Just get up and say, Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what we'll be doing from eternity according to Revelation chapter 5. But I'm not going there either. So I know I'm starting over again. So in our last meeting three weeks ago, you and I hopefully recalled the two letters, honor and attribute, which represented for that presentation, Jesus receiving the same honors, plural, due to God, and is sharing the same attributes of God, which I just shared one, which was eternal. Number two, now in today's presentation, the remaining letters, N, D, S of hands, that's right, so you and I can remember I hope will gain your undivided attention. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? Undivided attention. Turn off your cell phones. Turn off your mind in thinking about things outside. Give the Lord Jesus. I'll tell you this. I didn't mean to say this is not in your text. He gave you his undivided attention when he died on that cross. And if you would have been the only one on this earth and you had sinned, he would have died for you. He wants to become, if he's not already, your personal Savior. Jesus shares the honors due to God. We went over that. Jesus shares the attributes of God. And now we get down into the nitty gritty. Jesus shares the names of God. How about that? The Son of God shares the names of God. Jesus shares in the deeds God does. Imagine that. Someone who shares the very deeds of God. Jesus shares the seat of God's throne. I know I'm going to repeat it. Here it goes again. 
Jesus shares the honors due to God. Jesus shares the attributes of God. Jesus shares the names of God. Jesus shares in the deeds God does. Jesus shares the seat of God's throne. Before we go on, number four, many grateful thanks and acknowledgments are to be extended to Robert M. Bowman, some say Bowman, and J. Ed Kamazuki. Yeah, I have a hard time pronouncing that name. But there's one name I don't have a hard time saying. His name is Jesus. I don't mind mispronouncing his name because he's got many names. We know his personal name is Jesus. And some say Yeshua. Today's presentation would not be so today. And it is hoped that some of the awesome biblical insights passed on to me will prove to be a blessing for others. Number five, again, doing this over the following Sunday, perhaps we will cover Jesus' sharing the following names, deeds, and seed of God. So let's get started, as if I'm not already started. Jesus shares the names of God. In today's presentation, proclamation, the word name refers to both proper names like Jesus and you are my name. You have a personal name. And you have other titles. Probably pe- people call you um, maybe Pastor Brewster, the penny pincher. Or, or I, I don't know what. I'm just trying to make sure you and I understand. And titles, Savior. Examples below may help clarify proper titles. You shall not worship any other God. That's his proper name of the Lord or Yeshua or Adonai, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Number six. Here's a title for Jesus. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Why are you calling Jesus the Mighty God? In Isaiah 10, 21, Jehovah God the Father is called the Mighty God. Father, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Now that's some title. I want to go back to Prince of Peace, talking to somebody on Saturday. He says, I know that by my helping that person, I have peace. Now this didn't occur here, it occurred in another another place. And he said, by not, it was a he, he said, by my helping that person so often, I have joy and I have peace. When you're in the will of God, don't you dare tell me that you don't have a personal joy. Can I get an amen? 
and peace. When we're in doing what God wants us to do, there's a certain peace that passes all understanding. Let's get down to this example. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given. Notice the child is born. It's Mary. But the son, that's Jesus. He's given. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor. You want the best counselor? Get into the Word of God. I'm not saying you shouldn't receive help from other counselors, but there's a counselor beyond counselors. He's called Jesus Christ. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father. There it is again, eternal. I'm going to say this, and I don't know who I'm talking to. Jesus Christ existed forever. Prince of Peace. It is possible to have peace in the midst of a storm. And those who know Christ know exactly what I mean. Can I get an amen? Amen. Nobody stood up yet. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Why did you bring that up for Brother Bruce? His name is holy. Number eight. Names of titles. Redeemer, first and last, Holy One of Israel, and etc. Isaiah 44, 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. And there is no God besides me. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a Redeemer. In the Old Testament, known as Yahweh, Jehovah. Thus said the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the womb. I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by, who does it say? Myself. And spreading out the earth all alone. Keep that in mind. Our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Number 10. Revelation 1.8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I'm going to say this. Jesus, this refers to Jesus. He's coming again. Physically, 
He's coming back to get his church. Saying, Revelation 1, 11, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Again, Revelation 22, 13, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I'm going to say it again. Maybe it'll penetrate. Maybe it won't. In the Old Testament, as you just read, it says, I am the first and the last. Then in the New Testament, it identifies, along with the Old Testament, Jesus saying, I am the first and the last. Can I get a witness? Who, I'm going to say this again, this is just off the cuff, who died for your sins. I'll tell you who it was. It was the Alpha and the Omega. It was the beginning and the end. It was the first and the last. That's the person who died for you. No created being could have died for your sins. Our sins, some of you think light of sins, but our sins are so great that it took the eternal Son of God to die for you. And if you ignore him, you're going to go into eternity without him. Amen. And don't you let any false prophet tell you when you're dead, you're dead. Because when you die, it's just beginning. Amen. <laughs> Either he died for you on that cross. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken by his own father to pay the penalty for your sins, which were actually enormous. And if you think you're not a sinner, you're on the wrong track. We've all come short of the glory of God, and we need a personal, eternal Savior. Thank you. Names or titles, Redeemer. Christ redeemed us. Well, you just read that Jehovah God redeemed us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Curses is everyone who hangs on a tree. I knew it was coming, so I'm prepared this time. In him, that's Christ, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. I'm a good boy. I'm a good girl. I don't need a savior. All I need to do is let my good deeds, so some religions say, outweigh my bad my bad deeds. I'll be all right. For by grace, you have been saved, not according to your so-called riches. And I'm going to go back to Isaiah. Isaiah says, all our righteousnesses, all your good deeds and my good deeds are like filthy rags. You want me to be honest, don't you? You don't want me to sugarcoat the gospel. 
Jesus paid a mighty price for your redemption. In him we have redemption through his blood. I'm going to say it again. You'll probably get tired of me saying it. Acts 20, 28 says the blood that ran in the veins of Jesus Christ was the blood of God. And that blood will save you. I'm back to the Old Testament again. Job 19.27, number 12, for I know. I'm taking this just as I think of it. For I know. Can you say, for I know? Every Christian ought to know that you're saved. There's no doubt that you're saved. Well, what if I... What if I uh, lie? Am I saved? Yes. But I need a cleansing. Matter of fact, we Christians need a cleansing every day. For I know that my Redeemer lives. And he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. I told you Jesus is coming back. And I'm going to repeat this again. He's not coming back as a spirit. He's coming back as the God-man. 100% God and 100% man. He never dropped his humanity. He has a fully resurrected body. And I'll get to that later on. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. What's on your heart this morning? Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. These things, you've heard me say it again. I have written, John had a message because there were some people who said, you can't know you're saved until you're dead. They were called the Gnostics. They had head knowledge. But they didn't know Jesus. I'm going to ask you again. Do you know him personally? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, capital. My strength. Who's your strength? Is it? I don't know anybody that personally, so don't think I'm picking on you. Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it booze? Is it women? Where's your strength? Can I get a witness? Is it cars? Is it money? Psalm 78, 35. And they remembered that God was their rock. And the high, there is that the again. Not a God, the high God, the Redeemer. For the Redeemer is mighty, he shall plead their cause with them. Did you know, Christian, there's a mediator between God and man who's making intercession for you night and day? 
He's the great high priest. Well, Brother Bruce, so far, I hope I have explained things so that you may too share in the unsearchable riches of Christ. And I give life. Uh oh. I give life? No, no. No, I give what kind of life? Look at it. Eternal life. I'm on number 13 to them. And they shall never perish. And no one, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who is greater than, to, than me, let me say it right. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. He didn't mean... I'm going to point this out right away for you who, who were like me. He didn't mean he's the father. He means they share one uncreated nature. Yes, I got one word for you. And I hope if you didn't get anything else, you'll get this. And don't try to pronounce it because I can hardly pronounce it. Perichoresis means all persons occupy the same divine space. I and my Father are one. The Father is in me and I in him and one with him. For these words declare first an identity of nature or essence. I'm going to say it again in case you didn't get it. God the Holy Spirit, I know I didn't mention him before. The Son and the Father share one created nature. And this is out of place. That person who shared one created, excuse me, uncreated nature with his Father came down. And the Word, the Logos, John 1.14, the Logos became flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full, not half full, full of grace and truth. That's who died for your sins. Number two, a distinction of persons. I'm going to say it again for you who have been taught falsely. Jesus Christ is not God the Father. He's God the Son. The most intimate and perfect inhabitation of each person with the other. I'm going to say it again. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit share one created nature. And you notice that word intimate. Say intimate. When you're in love, you're, in, you're, you're, you're intimate with that person. That's, that's, your, that's your ideal person. Well, I'm going to tell you something that's incredible. Before the world began, the Holy Spirit and God the Father shared one intimate relation before the world was even created. And according to Ephesians, he stepped out of eternity. I know it doesn't say it like that. Become your personal savior. And I'm going to say this, and I don't know who I'm saying it. To ignore him 
is to invite disaster. This expression cannot be so well understood in English as in the original Greek. I and my father are one, one substance, one essence, intimating that they are united in one Jehovah or God. I got one sermon left of this if you want one. Number 15. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, the Lord is one. One compound unity, one. Same word used in Genesis 2.24. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Redemption again. Our redemption by Christ is full. Plenteous in number of the redeemed and the rich blessings of redemption. Complete. Well, don't I have to do something? Yes, you do have to do something. Believe on Jesus. And you shall be saved. Complete. Extending to all the effects of sin and whole nature of the redeemed. Secure. Don't you know you're secure in Christ? No one, you just read it, can snatch you out of the Father's hand. And no one can snatch you out of his hand. You're not going to like this, but I'm going to sin anyhow. Once you get saved, you're always saved. Don't let nobody give you any false teaching. Yes, you're going to fall into the sin sometime. Yes, but you're still his child. And he loves you forever. After all, he made an eternal covenant with his son. Secure by payment of the full ransom of eternal justice on the part of God and by sealing the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Every born-again Christian has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. You might be grieving him by living in some kind of lifestyle or whatever you're doing, but he's still there, and he's waiting for you to repent. After all, when you have a child, he's your child forever, whether he's grown up or not. You call him my baby. If he, goes to, if he goes to prison, he's still your baby. When you go to see him, he's still your baby. And the blood that runs in you runs in that child's blood. How much more than the blood that was shed at Calvary, the blood of God. Many of you don't believe that, but you can, you can look it up. 12, uh, Acts 12, 28. Eternal in its rise and blessed consequences. Applied progressively. Well, now that I'm saved, I can just do anything. Gnostic teaching. When you get saved, you don't want to do everything. You want to please God. You want the peace of God to dwell in your heart. And Ephesians calls it the peace of God and the peace of Christ. Applied progressively. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that next word, but it means progressively. Don't you know that the Holy Spirit is progressively 
trying to make you into the image of Christ. Do you know that? And fully inherit, and let me say it correctly, and fully hereafter. What's the hereafter? Heaven? And let me get this straight. I need to slow down just a little. Don't you know heaven and earth are going to be united? You can read it in Revelation. They're going to be united. I'm not going to pursue that anymore. 17. Christ's redemption is not merely a price of ransom equivalent or making a due satisfaction according to the choice of demerit or sin. What do you mean by that? I'm going to intervene right this. When Jesus Christ paid for your sins, it was a plenteous redemption. What do you mean by that, Brother Ruth? He paid more than enough for your redemption. The grace of our Lord. Excuse me for a second. The grace of our Lord, that is of Christ, was abundant. But the word reaches farther. It was over full, redundant, more than enough. And yet, says Paul, I had sins enough to pardon. You know, Paul was the chief of sinners. He persecuted the church. And he himself said, I had sins enough to pardon. One would think to exhaust it. Paul said, I can never exhaust the grace of God. I could never exhaust his pardon of my sins. And you and I ought to be saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for saving my wretched soul. I was a blasphemer. What do you mean? He blasphemed the church. He persecuted the church. But when he was struck down on the road to Damascus, he says, Lord, who are you? And from that day forward, he called Jesus, Lord. Let me ask you a typical question. Who is Lord of your life? But I found so much grace in Christ, even more than what I could withstand. Number 18. At this rate, I'll never get done. That's right. If I keep going like this, I'll never get done. But when I saw this, I had to stop. Jesus shares in the deeds of God. That does, let's, got, let's get started. He is the image of the invisible God. That's Jesus. The firstborn. Of all creation. I want to lay charge on you right now. There were some heresies that says Jesus Christ had a beginning. The son of God. I'm not going to get in. You can see me after church if you want to. Firstborn does not mean first created. For by him. By Jesus. Wait a minute. 
all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. Get it. I'm not trying to be smart. You and I were created for Jesus. That's what it says. And if you don't believe this, maybe you'll believe the next thing. And he was before all things. What do you mean by that? I got a sheet up here if you want it. I can give it to you afterward. He is before all things. If he's before all things, that means he's before time. And if he's before time, he's the eternal son of God. That's what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 1. I don't know why I'm repeating this over again. There's somebody out here who needs this. I don't know who you are. Jesus Christ. You keep on resisting him. I don't know who you are. You keep on resisting his Lord in your life as Lord. But he's after you. He's pursuing you in his awesome grace. He is before all things in him. What do you mean by in him? I read this over and over and over again. In him. What's it mean? In him. In him. The whole entire galaxies and the universe. I'm not stretching it. We're conceived in Jesus. Creation, a deed. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John, that's Old Testament. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing. The atoms, the stars, the universe, time, space. You're giving too much credit to Jesus. I'm giving all the credit that he deserves and more. He's the great. I am. In him dwells all the fullness. Colossians is not on your notes. In him dwells all, not some, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm going to repeat this again for those who have gotten some false teaching. He's coming back in bodily form. And he dwells in heaven in a human resurrected body. And he said this for you and me. I am a resurrection. No, Pastor Bruce, you're wrong. I am the resurrection. And if you destroy this body, John chapter 2, I will raise it up in three days. Jesus said, I'm going to raise up my own body. Two people came to my door three years ago. And after this discussion, I said, who raised Jesus from the dead? 
Of course, I didn't say it that loud. He said, Jesus, it's impossible that Jesus could raise himself from the dead. I showed him his own translation. And he was stunned. He had no answer. The Son of God is almighty. And he raised himself along with God the Father, according to Romans chapter 8, and God the, God, let me get it right, the Holy Spirit and God the Father and the Son were in the resurrection. And someday he's going to raise you up if you and I happen to die before he comes back. Number 20. Talking about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Here the Holy Spirit is called the breath of God. Number 21, I know I'm not going to get done, and that's okay. That's the son sees, we're talking about deeds. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of his father. You see that, Brother Bruce? The son is dependent on the father. But what he sees the father doing, imagine that. The son of God can see what his father is doing. For what things soever he does, his father does, these also the son. I'm going to say it again. It says the son sees what his father is doing. He sees it. How is that possible? I don't know how it's possible. That's not my point. The point is do what the Bible tells you to do. And believe. Not only without his father's authority, but also without his mighty working and power. This must be understood of the person of Christ, which consists of two natures, and not simply of his Godhead. What do you mean? Say two natures. One of the things I'm hoping you're going to learn from this presentation, and I'm going to say it again. Maybe I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say it anyhow. There's so much false teaching about Jesus that I'm sick and tired of it. He's 100% man, John 1.1. human, John 1.14. Please look it up yourself. Not only without his father's authority, but also without his father's working and power, or mighty work. This must be understood of the person of Christ, which consists of two natures, and not simply of his Godhead. So then, he sees that his father moves and governs in... Uh, let me slow down. So then, he sees that his father moves and governs him in all things. But yet, nonetheless, when he sees his works with his father, he confirms his Godhead. And like sword, jointly and together. I'm going to say this, because I'm getting short in time. Jesus was so, the word is not even in tune, so intimately related to his father, he couldn't do anything without his father. Can I get a witness? He couldn't do. He, not only wouldn't he do, he couldn't do it. 
in like sort join and together, not because the Father does some things and then the Son works afterward, but he does it the same, at the same time. And before I, it's getting short, I'm going to say it again. This is just not a, a, a pursuit in intellectual uh, knowledge. This is, a, this is a presentation about the Son and the Father. But because the might and power of the Father and the Son work equally and jointly together. I'm going to skip 23. No, I'm not. I'm just going to go. I'm not going to emphasize, no. I'm just going to go page by page. And before I go on, say page by page. Before I end this sermon, there's a page. And it's not called a page. I want to ask you, is your name your personal name written in the Lamb's book of life? Is it written? Or will he say to you, Depart from me. I never knew you. He did all he could to save you in my wretched soul. But you just wouldn't believe. You wouldn't trust. You had other things on your mind. And he, he says, notice the word depart. He doesn't say you're going to pass out of existence. He says, depart. And when the Son of God, that's in the context of the Son of God, when the Son of God says that, you, I'm going to say like Pastor Green used to say. Many of you don't know Pastor Green. I grew up with him on the radio. I never knew you. Some of you here, you know him personally. Some of you are going to leave here and you're going to say, that's a bunch of crap. But when you go out into eternity, without him, I'm going to say it like Pastor Green, you're sunk forever. I'm going to say this again. Jesus the Son of God, when he was on that cross. And we talked about this yesterday to somebody I know right in here. When he died on that cross, he went through hell. Oh, hell is just a grave. False teaching. Such is the intimacy of the union that the fact that he does anything is proof that it is by the concurring agency of the Father. What do you mean by that? Here's, what, here's how Jesus put it. This is my son. Listen to him. Can I get a witness? Are you listening? Or do you have 
What are you doing? There is no separation, no separate existence, but alike in being and in action, there is one most, I said it wrong, there is the most perfect oneness between him and his father. Matter of fact, let's turn to this. This pertains to you and me. Therefore, we're talking about creation. If anyone is in Christ, there's that phrase, in Christ. He is a new creation. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. If you're in Christ, I need to slow down. It's from the inside out. Brand new creation. He's made you new again. He's given you a new identity. Matter of fact, he's given you a new nature. First Peter says it's the divine nature. Now all things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ. Did you get that? There's that intimacy. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses. I'm just going to say this. You and I have many things which God forgave through the cross. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Let me put it this way. Not only are you a new creation, you and I are to tell the good news to others. You have a responsibility. Not to sit back there, well, I'm saved. That's just your beginning and my beginning. I'm going to say this off the cuff. This is coming soon. There's a man who went to Kensington this morning. And everyone knows what Kensington is like. To spread the good news. And next week and more, other people are going to follow him. No, I didn't suggest, maybe God doesn't want you there. I'm not suggesting that. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just telling you, people are spreading the good news. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you, we beg you on behalf, thank you, brother, of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I got to stop. Stay with me just for a moment. Somewhere I missed a page. If I can't find it, I'll stop anyhow. This might be the page. Well, I'm going to close the book. 
Do you know Jesus? Do you know the mighty deeds that he did? And the last one was sit. H-A-N-D-S. You saw that. He did the names, the names, the deeds, and the last one was sit. Do you know Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God right now? Right now. And if you know anything about culture, to sit at somebody's not left hand, but right hand was a place of unequaled authority. Let me put it this way, and I'm going to turn to this. Say sit. Pastor, you know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to point out another type of sinning. Thank you, sir. Hebrews chapter 1. Now, we know he's sitting on the right hand of God. That's what he's doing right now. But here's another sitting, and you need to know. God, who at sundry times and in divers or various manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son. There he goes with that Son again. Not a son. The son. Whom he appointed heir. That means heir, the heir is the authority of all things by whom also he made the world. Say worlds. I want you to get this again. I got it down here if you want it. The whole universe, the galaxies, the atoms, space, time, whatever you want to say, were made by the sun, even time. But listen to this. This is the Son. And we're talking about sitting. Who being? Jesus being the brightness of God's glory and the ex- exact representation of his very being and upholding all things by the word of his power. Did you get that? The whole universe is sustained by the eternal Son of God. But that's not what I'm getting to. When he had by himself purged our sins. Now here it is. He sat down. He sat down. A place of honor. On the right hand. Not on the left. But on the right hand of of majesty on high. Jesus Christ made the full penalty of your sins. And he didn't have to sit down and and get up again. Sit down and sit up. He sat down once to pay the penalty for your sins. Why is that? Because he's the eternal son of God. Thank you for your time.